Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Three Guys, One Table. This will be the final episode of Three Guys, One Table, so we would like to show you guys some of our bloopers along with some conversation with Mr. Crow about Mars colonization. We hope you enjoy. Sticky situation! So, we have Easton Royer uh, with us right here. We're going to be asking him, would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or 10 horse-sized ducks? And why? Uh... A hundred duck-sized horses, because they would be way smaller and easier to fight off, and ten freaking horse like big ducks. Yeah, ten horse-sized big, ducks. Big ducks. That would be hard to fight. Just slowly eases into the <laughs> <laughs> guys. That would be like really, really hard to fight. I forgot what they were called. Ten horse-sized ducks. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Easton. All right, so we have uh, Paige Patterson here right now, and we would want to know if you would rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or 10 horse-sized ducks, and why? Probably the 100 duck-sized horses, yeah. because that'll be easier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's what we were thinking. Mm -hmm. Thanks, All right. Paige. Thank you. All right, now we have uh, Elijah Edwards mm -hmm. on... Uh, on the podcast, and uh, we're going to be asking him a question. All right, so if you were in charter-infested waters, like a mile from shore, and you weren't in a raft or there was, like, no food or anything, what would you do? I would just have to wrestle the sharks. <laughs> All right. How many do you think you could take before getting overpowered? Uh, Probably... We're, like, four foot, five foot long sharks. Probably one and a half. That's fair. <laughs> you think you could outswim the shark? No. Do you think okay. you can outrun a shark? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if this is really low water, do you think you can outrun it? Yeah. All right. Uh, hello, everybody. Right now we have Lillian Brown on, and we're going to be asking her a neat question, right? So, Lillian, right, would you rather fight 10 horse-sized ducks? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 10, ten horse-sized horse ducks. ducks. Or 100 Hundred <laughs> duck-sized horses. Ten horse-sized ducks. Seriously, yeah. I wouldn't do that. All right, why? Why do you? Why would you do that? Because they. That's know, like they can't, that's like, a big duck. Yeah, but they can't like hurt you like a horse could like run into. I don't know. Wait, could you wait? Hold on. If you were to have that, could you have a little horse as a pet? Dude, like, just walk you could. Like a cat. That'd be awesome. Because it's like the same size as a cat. You could just walk around the house. You got a horse. There are such things as like tiny little horses that are like a foot and a half tall. Well, yeah, not the, like smaller than that. I know. And they're tall horses. Okay, then. <laughs> Lily, thanks for coming on. Never right. mind. Oh. So, Luke, we may give you a moment to think about this, all right? So, what is your plan think about it, for world domination? Right. Well, you know, thanks to the ketchup packet shortage, there's a lot of ketchup, there's a bit of a power vacuum in the, in the ketchup industry. So, if you were to, say, ramp up your production of ketchup packages by, like, a lot, <laughs> you would be able to, like, take over the whole restaurant industry. Dang, that's smart. And by controlling the restaurant industry, you technically control the market. Pretty I mean, much. Well, is there, like, an, yeah. a more in-depth plan to, like, rule the country at some point past that and then just gradually, well, you know, like, I think once you get the restaurant industry, then you have to spread out. But if you control the whole restaurant industry, industry, then you have a monopoly. Exactly. But you can't allow that to happen, so then you have to bribe the government to not do that, to not make you switch up that monopoly thing. And you're but, making so much money off of the ketchup packages exactly. that you can afford that. But, 
then you also have to buy out Walmart because they make like a nine hundred eighty million dollars. Like you don't have to talk to a minute. So then you buy out Walmart, yeah. and then you buy out the rest of like the retail stuff. All right, and you continue to bribe the government for more and more money until the point where they're like, no, and then you just buy like a billion like people. All right. <laughs> I thought this was I, You buy a bunch of people. Yeah, this yeah. is Luke's segment. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine? Okay. Are we rec- okay. Are we- Go ahead. No, you can finish. Uh, you can build off Luke's idea. Finish your rant. <laughs> but then, you literally buy the government. Yeah. And then once you buy the government, you expand the military, you become the benevolent ruler of the nation, exactly. and then you start to destroy the rest of the North, uh, America, like the, the Americas. And then quit smacking NATO, the table. Whenever, you're irritating the crap out of me. Whenever NATO and stuff tries to attack you, you're like, no. And then you start nuking them and like crap. And then you attack them with your ginormous military that you've also expanded on now that you have the rest of America. Now you've got a bunch of millions of people that can be in your military. You force them to work for you. Like you force people to work in the military, right? And then I'm not sure if this regression or progress. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing, though, right? You have to put in enough propaganda to where people are like, "This guy's fantastic. We're doing great things for our country." And, like, give them all. I have to do like a Hitler thing. Give them all. Where cars. it's like, "You all are supreme," and you think that our country's the best country ever, and you have to defeat all the other countries because they're yeah. doing awful things to people. So then you start to defeat NATO, and, and then you attack Russia and China, and then you take out the rest of uh, exactly. Asia. Yeah. It's much, simple and easy. One month, not clickbait. How, mu- <laughs> how much time have you put into that? Well, I play Void 4, so. What's that? Hearts <laughs> no. of Iron 4, it's basically a World <laughs> Not clickbait, game. almost done. Uh, or basically right. plays a country and try to take over. Well, Luke, since <laughs> Noah pretty much took over your entire uh, segment, <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll ask you about some of the shortages in items, like you said, like ketchup and some yeah. batteries and or com- something. Uh, com- uh, semiconductors and computers. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Which that. is why people aren't getting PS5s, because there's a shortage on semiconductors, which is used to make those. Hmm. That's neat. I thought they were just like making fun. They were like, I thought it was just PlayStation. Be like, hot, you can't get a PlayStation. <laughs> or it's either that or very smart marketing because if they just do that, the price will just keep rising for them. The resale price. But at, the, but at this point, it would be like you would just want to sell it because if this was a marketing ploy to get people in anticipation, they've been going this on way too long. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Luke. These are a few of our season bloopers. Uh, they could be a little bit sudden, so be prepared. But we hope you enjoy. Hello, this is Patrick. Hello, this is Keith. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! No, it does matter. Maggie, you need to whisper in your microphone. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Oh, that one meme. Okay. I Ah, no, why? Hello, and welcome to Trivia Time with Keegan, where today I'm Keegan. But not tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Not tomorrow, but today. Hey, Sonsters, the people here. Back with, boy. back with another Minecraft tutorial. <laughs> yes, epic gamer moment. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was a good one. Hello. Hey! <laughs> um, hello everybody. No. You Why need to do surfer dude voice? I don't need.
Thank you for listening to Three Guys, One Table. We'd like to thank our school for giving us the opportunity to do this. We'd also like to thank our guests and listeners. But most importantly, we'd like to thank Ms. Modat. She's the one that introduced the idea to us and has gone through the pain and had to deal with us. Farewell. All right, so right now we have Mr. Crow on. We're going to be talking to him about colonizing Mars. So thank you for sitting down and having a conversation with us and taking some time out of your day. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be here. This is a fun topic. What are we going to talk about specifically? Um, there's a lot of things, mainly like colonizing it, the, why is it Mars. necessary? Yeah, okay. colonizing Mars, uh, why it's necessary, um, and some of like the events that could be happening through it. Okay. So, uh, first question, do you believe that colonizing Mars could be happening sometime in the near future? I do. Uh, they've already got aims on it. I was actually at the uh, space, U.S. Space and Rocket Center in Alabama probably 10 years ago, and then behind some uh, privacy fence there was these little pods, and I asked one of the folks that worked there what that was, and they said it was uh, <clears throat> people doing experiments, like isolation experiments, and, and it was all uh, going towards NASA's uh, Mars mission. So, and now we've got the Falcon, the Falcon Heavy that can uh, get something up there that will get us to Mars. So, looks like they're working on it. Not sure what the exact timeline is, but it looks like things are moving forward. Yep. That was 10 years ago? That was about 10 years ago. Now, Dang. this wasn't like a specific, like tied to like SpaceX or anything, but it was just a, it was like a, it looked like a big old tank, like that would be on the back of a semi, but a little bigger with little porthole windows in it, and they had it all locked off where the experiment couldn't be tampered with by tourists, and uh, that's what uh, one of the tour guides told me. It's pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool. So, <clears throat> next question. Uh, do you believe that colonizing Mars is necessary? Um, I do, because... Well, first, I want to start by saying that colonizing Mars is not going to be like a permanent solution. Mm -hmm. Uh you know, the sun's expanding, but the rate that it's expanding is at such a slow snail's pace that uh, we will have time to colonize Mars, then have the technology come further where we, where we can go further out into the solar system uh, eventually. So I do think it's necessary as a stepping stone mm -hmm. while our technology comes along. So for the human race to, to make it, you know, through the life cycle or past the life cycle of the sun, uh, it is going to be a necessary step along the way, I think. Yep. Um, another question we have is uh, how would living on Mars become sustainable? But kind of a side question I just thought of was, um, like, whenever we get onto Mars, how long do you think it would take before we can get it to the point where it can be similar to Earth, or if we can get it to be similar to Earth? Oh, man. You know, I know about the process of how to get it, you know, how to terraform it. But I don't know about a timeline. Uh, basically, and I've talked about this in class a little bit, we'd have to go, and the atmosphere is super thin. I mean, super thin. Yeah. And we would have to actually do the opposite of what we're trying to do on Earth. On Earth, we have too much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, it's in, and it's causing a greenhouse effect. On Mars, we want more. Uh, we would want, like, basically, we would want CO2 pollutants and lots of it. And what would happen... Uh, the, the theory is, is uh, as you add CO2 to the atmosphere, the Martian atmosphere would start to warm up. Um, some of the, the the frozen H2O, you know, right now that we yeah. find a little bit of liquid, but it's very salty. Um, some of the, the uh, frozen H2O would start to melt, and then that would create uh, possibly some shallow oceans. Who knows? Mm -hmm. You know, depending on the geography and the, um, and the uh, topography of Mars. 
And then, once theoretically, once the water started, then we could start introducing plant life and then kind of just, you know, nurture it while the plant life started to take over. It'd be like a huge process. Yeah. yeah. And the timeline is so, like, it would be huge, like, huge. You'd have entire li- human lifetimes where yeah. their sole purpose was to, you know, introduce these, the, the you know, the plants to this hundred acres or whatever. Like, it'd be a pretty wild uh, undertaking. Yeah. Yeah. Like it sounds like colonization and it, like it's not far off, but like the terraforming and getting it to like a sustainable level. Right. Seems like it could be years away. Yeah. There's no, yeah. It would be, yeah. There's no telling on that timeline. <clears throat> yeah. One of the processes that Elon Musk was talking about using once they get up there is the Sabatier process, which is using nickel and heating it up and then kind of making CO2 into oxygen and methane. Um, but if it's what you were saying where we need more carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, then that may be moving more backwards than forwards early. Well, it depends on the quantities. I'm sure, I mean, there's a large amount of CO2 trapped in the Martian atmosphere and in the... And there we go. Just pick up where we left off. <laughs> yeah, just pick up where we left off. Well, guys, a uh, little technical difficulty there we're picking up. Uh, where we just left off talking about the polar ice caps of Mars, and uh, they're made basically of dry ice, which is frozen CO2. And the cool thing is, is that what was the process called? You told me before, the and I forget the name of it. Sabatier. Sabatier, and uh, that's where they take uh, CO2 and turn it into break it down into methane and oxygen. Yeah, that's awesome. Oxygen for breathing uh, and for combusting the methane. Yeah. Um, and use, we can use the methane to uh, fuel our, you know, heaters, vehicles, yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. But we'd have to make enough oxygen for us to breathe and to combust the methane because the methane will not burn without yeah. sufficient oxygen. Mm-hmm. So another fun little question that we have is, um, could there potentially be like life on Mars or in space in general? I hope so. I'd like to think so. Um, I'll tell you. Two scary thoughts. One, there is no life other than Earth. That's pretty scary, but it's also kind of equally scary to think there is a bunch of life out there. Yeah. Um, I don't know which one's more scary, to be honest, but uh, I would like to think that, I just hope that the uh, Perseverance rover finds some kind of microbial life um, that would just blow the lid off things, and astronomy would be the new go-to science, and uh, that would really be awesome. <laughs> what the heck? We've got a visitor at the door trying to get in. They're not cool enough to come in here with us. We'll just leave them out here. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't really know what would be more kind of frightening, having like a bunch of life forms that could potentially be coming after you and trying to shut you down or just being stranded all by yourself. Um, Both are equally frightening to me, in my mind. Yeah. I think it'd be neat to see like potentially like different stages that life is in. Like right. on different planets, because mm-hmm. you can find like the tribal kind of thing, which could honestly make us think like if we just waited this out, what would it turn into? You know, kind of like the the Truman Show thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. Just a little thought. Um, another question that's personal for you: okay. How would you personally set up a base on Mars? How would I personally set up a base? I I've taught this in class in PLTW, and one that really stuck out to me is to incorporate the structure of a crater. So find a crater that's like 100, 150 yards wide diameter, and uh, somehow incorporate a geodesic dome 
I'd kind of build, start building like a framework and then put some acrylic over the top of that. And then I don't know what kind of technology you'd use to seal the, the actual Martian material from the uh, artificial dome material. And then just kind of probably bore some tunnels through that side, through the, the rims of the crater and use that. And, and that nice round shape is going to lend itself well to uh, the high winds on Mars. It's going to keep any sharp corners from, from catching. That's probably how I would tackle it. Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So um, something that Elon Musk said just recently was pertaining to uh, deaths on Mars, like while we're colonizing it. Um, he said that there's going to be a lot of deaths and there's not really much you can do about it. So is it really something that we should be like super hyper focused on um, or just kind of trying to colonize it like we do here on Earth where it's just kind of send people out and see what happens? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, to to tackle something this uh, profound, I, you know, people are just going to have to understand that it's going to take some sacrifice. I mean, we're literally trying to go to a different planet. You know, this is the moon's a three-day trip, and Mars is a seven-month trip. Like, it's just going to be tougher, and there are there's going to be some human cost. Uh, just like with every huge thing humans do, there's usually some human cost involved, and it's, I think that's just going to be part of the deal so unfortunate but I think it'll probably be necessary yeah yeah um, <clears throat> speaking of Elon Musk uh, mm -hmm. who do you think will be at the like the forefront of uh, uh, space colonization so like SpaceX there's NASA um, some other thing right. I don't know well I think honestly it comes back to, to voters and politics like a lot of things you know, Elon's pushing the whole private sector on all this, yeah. but it would sure be nice if there was, uh, if we were back to, you know, to the way it used to be in the space race where a lot of our, uh, um, a lot of our country's treasure was going towards this. So, I mean, it kind of does come down to politics and, and what the public perception is of, of how necessary this is. And, uh, all right, we're back at it again. <laughs> yes. Second technical difficulty. Yes. We were talking about um, those who are going to be leading the uh, colonization race, I guess. Um, and pretty much what Crow was saying was that that's just a politics thing over uh, basically if the private sector is going to push it or if um, they're going to get more government into it. Public sector, yeah. 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 An issue whenever I was kind of looking this stuff up that I was mainly seeing is there's a lot of people that don't want to put money into like traveling to space because they kind of see it as a waste of their taxes where they're not really seeing any gain from it right? Um, in their lifetime or so. Um, yep. So I think really if to put it on a government um, point would probably need somebody that's really passionate about it and would really be pushing for a government funded right. and it wouldn't only take a dynamic leader to push that it would take there would have to be a shift in the uh, in the public you know perception yeah, of spending which, that we have to change everyone's mind I mean because there's a lot of people out there that have you know totally different priorities yeah. in their life and space is not one of them and uh, but I mean it all comes down to the life cycle of the sun. Like it's kind of dictating how things are going to have to go because we're going to live and die as the sun goes if we stay here, you know. Yeah. And I know we're talking long, long, long time in the future, but it's coming. It's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. 
I think um, one thing that could kind of push that is maybe another like space race kind of thing. Yeah. Where yeah, like a friendly one. Yes. Yeah. The last one wasn't necessarily friendly. Yeah. It was kind of half of that stuff was a result of uh, ill intentions between world powers. We got a lot of cool stuff out of it, and a lot of our inventions and technology was getting pressed hard, hard, and hum uh, humanity really benefited from that space race. But uh, let's can't forget the cause of the space race. Mm -hmm. yeah. That would be uh, prudent to remember that. <clears throat> um, another thing is, um, so like you... I don't know what this is actually. Power dense materials. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, what we're really looking, what kind of aerospace engineering and astrospace engineering people are really looking out for is power dense materials in other planets because I think we've pretty much got Earth checked out top to bottom um, for the most part. So they're looking for real power dense materials on other planets, but the question becomes like, isn't is it worth it to completely pollute Mars with mining and things of that nature yeah. so we can progress kind of humanity's technology or to just kind of stay where we are and hope for the best? Right. Well, before I get serious, let's just for a little, uh, to keep it light here, extraterrestrial miners would be an excellent band name. I want that <laughs> to be noted. But... Um, Really, that's a tough one. That's a pretty good ethical dilemma question. That would be a great one uh, to discuss with a group of people for all the pros and cons. I just don't, I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. I, I don't know. For me, I think, like, since it's, like, we may be looking at, like, a planet-hopping kind of system, it may be kind of worth it if the, there's no forms of life on Mars because mm -hmm. it'll just be a stepping stone yeah. for humanity where it's not like a colonized place for large centuries at a time. Yeah, yeah, and, and you got to keep in mind too that Mars is much, much smaller than Earth, so yeah, um, yeah. there's a whole can of worms here, especially when you start talking about, uh, you can't take only eight or nine billion of us, so there's going to be a contingent yeah. of people that go. Yeah. And then, like, the vast majority of people are humanity that you're done. Like, yeah. you're, you're basically taking one for the collective team, like yeah. the big yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a wild topic. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, like, if you're getting out of Earth to go colonize Mars, like, you still have only so long. And you yeah. have to get all the stuff that you have from Earth to Mars. So let's, yeah, we're about to end here. But yeah, hopefully everyone stand by. We might be getting cut off and restarting in about five seconds here. Our technical difficulty keeps cutting us off after every five minutes. So our final question is, what's the end goal of uh, Mars exploration and space exploration? The end goal, um, basically just getting us out of Dodge while we still can. Um, and like we've talked a couple times about the term stepping stone. I mean, that's what it's going to be. It's, uh, it's the next door neighbor. The next jump we make after Mars, uh, will have to be into the outer solar system. Um, and maybe that's the, where we end up. I mean, we got a long, long, I mean, we're barely figuring out how to get to the next planet 
yeah. in, a, in a standard size solar system with a with a very average star, that's that's the threshold of our discovery right now, and interstellar travel would be the big one. Yeah, that's where you're going. You know, all these Earth-like objects we found. You know, um, they're on other they're orbiting other stars, and yeah, the idea of interstellar is just cuckoo right now. I mean, we can think about it, but we're nowhere near that. Uh, we have nowhere near that capability. But but that I think, and back to the question on the end goal, that would be it. Like, go wherever we want to go. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, kind of a Star Wars, not like, um, yeah. hopefully not like Empire against Republic, but like kind of being able to go around wherever you want, planet to planet. Yeah. You know, and this is all fun to talk about. I, I love talking about this stuff. I just hope we can figure it out. Yeah. At the rate we're going, you know, we're kind of treating this planet like a rental car. And yeah. uh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it'll uh, maybe it'll click in the uh, in the public's mind someday, and, and we'll start uh, really putting some focus on this. Mm-hmm. We only have one Earth. So. Yeah, great topic, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks yeah, for coming. Nice to have a little astronomy talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Appreciate you. Yep. Yep.